0: We are proud and honored to bring High V to the show as the presenting sponsor of Pit Pass Indy. We will continue to cover the entire NTT IndyCar Series community, and our partners at hy V will help us tell those stories. And what a story from over the weekend at the second High V IndyCar race weekend at Iowa! It was more than a race; it was a doubleheader. It was also more than a race. It was an event as the biggest names in entertainment shared the spotlight with the fastest drivers at in IndyCar. Carrie Underwood performed before the hy V Homefront 250 presented by Instacart on Saturday, July 22nd, before Joseph Newgarden stole the show with his impressive victory in the race. Kenny Chesney wrapped up the first day of the hy V IndyCar weekend with a 90-minute concert afterwards. Those were tough acts to follow, but that is exactly what Hive and IndyCar did the next day. It started with a show-stopping concert by Zach Brown Band before Newgarden completed a doubleheader sweep for Team Penske by winning the Haivy 1 Step 250 presented by Gatorade for his 6th career victory at Iowa Speedway. Global entertainment sensation Ed Sheeran put an exclamation point on the weekend with an incredible ninety minute concert afterward. This episode of Pit Pass Indy presented by Hy-Vee will take a deep dive into the weekend. We start off with an exclusive interview with Team Penske driver Joseph Newgarden after he won the first race of the doubleheader. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy presented by hy V, is the winner of the hy V Homefront 250 presented by Instacart. It's Joseph Newgarden a Team Penske, your fifth win at Iowa Speedway, your 28th career NTT IndyCar Series victory. You're a master here at Iowa, but earlier today when you qualified, you weren't real happy. You wanted to win the poll. You thought you had a better race car, but it seemed like when the race started, you proved why your car was so good. What was it about today, and how do you reflect on today's win?
1: Yeah, we definitely needed some patience today. I think, you know, the beginning of the race, we weren't where we needed to be, which was also a reflection of where we were at in qualifying. Qualifying was just not quite, you know, balance-wise, it wasn't perfect. We were a little underbalanced, I'd say, and and we carried that into the first stint of the race. Uh, Once we had that first pit stop, I felt like we got the car in a good window and, and finally found our groove. And from that point, it was just a matter of, you know, trying to be as efficient as we could relative to the competition that's that's what iowa demands is good efficiency and i I feel like we have got you know the team to beat and we're going to be working hard to you know make sure that we're in the conversation tomorrow it's it's it is two important races right um it's a doubleheader, you know and, and until we leave the weekend with both races down it's you know it's hard to feel complete with it
0: why are you so good at iowa speedway
1: um, I don't know. I, th- I, I I think we're good. at. I personally think we're good at a lot of places. I do. You know, I think we've got mul- multiple tracks. I want us to be good everywhere. You know, I, I don't want us to just be good at, at Iowa Speedway. I want us to be good any track that we show up at and be in the conversation. And I, I think we can do that. Um, but there's no doubt. I love short oval racing. You know, I, I, would add more short ovals if I could, it's just a fantastic form of, of Indy car racing and something I've always enjoyed from the very beginning when I tried it in 2011 in a Indy next car. And uh, you know, I continue that today. I I'm, I'm really looking forward to hopefully getting more on the calendar.
0: The goal is to come at the hy V IndyCar Weekend at Iowa and have a sweep. How realistic do you think it is that you can win the hy V One Step 250 presented by Gatorade on Sunday?
1: Uh, it's definitely realistic. You know, I think it's, it is it is within the realm of possibility that we can be in the fight tomorrow. I, I believe that. It's going to be tougher. I'm not starting in, in as good of a position. You know, I was really, really disappointed with qualifying. I I just did not do a great job of figuring out where we needed to be with, with my engineer, Luke. And, you know, I take that on my... I take that on my shoulders that, I, you know, I just, I felt like we were short and, and we noticed that in the beginning of this race, I, I don't think tomorrow in the beginning of the race will be as bad because we've got a better idea of where to be, but starting seventh, first, third, might take a little bit more time. So I think patience is going to be critical for us, but you know, the big thing is being there at the end. That's what's going to matter at this track and, and that's what we're going to try and get right.
0: You came into the race weekend 126 points behind Alex Pelot. Alex finished eighth in the Saturday race. Should you trim another 28 points out, you're now 98 back entering the Sunday race. If you leave here, say 70 points out, 72 points out, is it game on over the final five races after that?
1: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you know, we have to see how this thing takes shape, but um, it all helps. You know, tomorrow is going to be important. They're all going to – for us, they're all going to be important. You know, there's six races to go, and, you know, the talk, the clock is ticking. Um, you know, I'm not a future teller, but – you know, let, let's see. Uh, we've just got to, we've got to do the best that we can. That's the only way we can give ourselves a chance to, to potentially win this championship. So I, I'm going to be pushing, you know, just as much as I was today. And, and hopefully, you know, hopefully the racing gods uh, shine on us in the second half of the season.
0: We have a longer interview with you later in the show, so I'm going to let you go. Joseph Newgarden, driver of the Hitachi Chevrolet for Team Penske. Congratulations on winning the first race of the High V IndyCar Race Weekend at Iowa Speedway. And thank you for joining us on Pit Pass Indy presented by High V. Thanks, Bruce. As the great Baseball Hall of Famer Ernie Banks used to say, it's a beautiful day, let's play too. IndyCar believed it was a beautiful weekend, let's race twice. Once again, Newgarden was the dominant driver as he scored his sixth career Iowa Speedway win, his fifth straight oval track victory, and the 29th IndyCar Series win of his career, tying him with the legendary Rick Mears for 13th on the all-time victory list. I caught up with Newgarden after he swept the doubleheader for this exclusive interview for Pit Pass Indy presented by High V. He's back for another appearance on Pit Pass Indy presented by High V. We ought to rename the show Pit Pass Indy presented by Joseph Newgarden. It's the High V IndyCar race weekend at Iowa. Doubleheader winner, Joseph Newgarden and Team Penske. You were able to win both. The high V home front 250 on Saturday, the high V one step 250 on Sunday. You finally got a sweep. How does it feel?
1: It feels really good. You know, I feel complete um, for the weekend, right? It's tough on a doubleheader where you're, you know, you're trying to feel satisfied after a great first day, but you know you have another day to go and you can sort of reverse any points gain that you had on that first day with with not following it up on a good day the next day. So I was really concentrated on that, but to be able to sweep the weekend big deal for our team. You know, they wanted to do that coming in here and they, they, they felt like they had the potential to do that. And so to realize the potential is always really satisfying.
0: You were able to knock Alex Polo's points lead down to 80 with five races to go. How doable do you believe it is with five to go that somebody can at least make a good championship battle out of it?
1: Yeah, it's doable. It's very difficult. You know, I think they're in a good spot and Alex is, you know, by far one of the the best competitors I think you could run against not just in this championship but the world. So, Um, it's going to be difficult, but you know, we're going to stay focused. We're going to try and do our best and, uh, you know, fight to the very end.
0: How was Sunday's race different than your victory on Saturday?
1: Um, I think we, you know, we had to be more diligent with our adjustments throughout each stint. It was really difficult to look after the tires in race two. And, um, there's just a little bit more, you know, a little bit more wear out on the tires with higher track temps and ambient but um yeah, a similar day I think we tuned on the car made it a little bit better and we just we knew how to manage things you know probably a little bit better than than we did on day 1.
0: You were quite vocal with the way some of the drivers raced in the Saturday race. Do you believe they heeded your advice on Sunday?
1: No, I I think it was the same game but you know for me it was just a matter of um you know how do I how do I put myself in a better position to you know to react and and you know to give myself the tools to you know, maneuver where I need to, because uh, it's it's hard to control everybody else. They're, you know, it's the game is what it is, and so I've just got to be prepared for it. And and I felt like I was today. I felt like we had a, everything we needed to, uh, you know, get the job done.
0: I'm not going to ask your secret because you're not going to tell me anyway. But it's your sixth career victory at Iowa Speedway. So why are you so good here?
1: I I don't know. You know, I I, I hope we're good at a lot of places because you need to be an Indy Car. You know, it, it takes consistency across the schedule to win a championship, and you know, my, my goal is always, you know, be good somewhere we're not good. Um, so, yeah, I think we've had a great car here. There's, there's nothing, you can't get around that. If you don't have a good car, it's difficult to win around this place. We've had very, very good race cars here for multiple years. And, and I think we have good cars in a lot of places, but there are some tracks that we, uh, we need to continue to work on and, and make better. And hopefully we can do that in the second half.
0: Alex Polo entered the weekend feeling like this was not going to be one of his better tracks. He would have been happy to get out of here with two eighth place finishes. He leaves with an eighth place and a third place in the Sunday race. Are you a little surprised he was able to finish third? And what do you think of just the ability that he's able to make take a bad race and make it a good race.
1: Yeah, he was just stellar. You know, typical Alex. He's um, he's a great competitor. He knows how to how to finish well, and and he did a he did a great job this weekend. I was not surprised to see him. You know, pull out of third place. He he really maximized his day.
0: And finally, just uh, the whole team Penske effort was very solid this weekend with your teammates. Scott McLaughlin and Will Power and from a team standpoint how much does that really validate what the team is able to do
1: Yeah, it's big, you know. I think it's it's satisfying for everybody and and our, our team and you know, we love being able to um you know, compete and you know, compete well and I feel like we did that this weekend all all weekend long really.
0: And wrapping up here with high V IndyCar race weekend at Iowa Speedway race winner, doubleheader winner, that is Joseph Newgarden of Team Penske you do so well at Iowa Speedway, maybe they ought to rename the town from Newton, Iowa to Newgarden, Iowa. You never know, Bruce. You never know. Congratulations on the doubleheader sweep. Good luck on your home track in Nashville coming up here in a couple of weeks. Thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass Indy presented by High B, where there's a helpful smile in every aisle. We'll be right back to Pit Pass Indy after this short break. In the world of racing, Penske means performance and winning. For good reason. Since 1966, Penske has won 44 national championships, 17 in IndyCar alone. And last year, Team Penske claimed its Indianapolis 500 record-extending 19th Indy 500 win with Joseph Newgarden, the latest driver, to win the famed race. Team Penske also won its second straight NASCAR Cup Series championship. In 2022, Penske was the first team in history to win both the IndyCar and the NASCAR Cup Series championships in the same season. Team Penske enters the 2024 NTT IndyCar Series season with 236 IndyCar wins, including 34 500 mile race victories. Those are results that are tough to top. But Penske's legendary reputation for quality and attention to detail makes a statement off the track, too. When you need a truck, whether for your business or for a household move, Penske Truck Rental has some of the cleanest, newest, and best-maintained vehicles on the road. And we make it easy with personalized support from our associates, flexible reservations, and access to the top technology. With quick pickup and drop-off at more than 2,500 locations across North America, our scale and know-how will keep you covered, all helping to ensure you get the right, reliable, fuel-efficient vehicle when and where you need it. On the highways, the raceways, and every pit stop in between, Penske keeps you moving forward. Gain ground with Penske. Get a quote today at PenskeTruckRental.com or, for household rentals, download the Penske Truck Rental mobile app today. Welcome back to Pit Pass Indy presented by hy V. Bud Denker is the president of Penske Corporation and was the promoter of the High V IndyCar race weekend at Iowa Speedway. I had an exclusive interview with Denker the day after the race at Iowa Speedway and learned some fascinating details about the weekend. Here is part one of my exclusive Pit Pass Indy interview with Penske Corporation president Bud Denker. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy presented by Hy-Vee is Penske Corporation President Bud Denker. Bud, it is the day after the second Hy-Vee IndyCar race weekend at Iowa. Everybody that I saw that came out here had a really good time. The musical entertainment was fantastic. The racing was great. It was a great day for Team Penske, or a great weekend, I should say, for Team Penske, as Joseph Newgarden swept the doubleheader. But let's take a deep dive into how the second IndyCar race weekend at Iowa went. From your perspective, I know that you were pretty excited about a lot of the things that went on. There were a lot of new additions this year. So the day after the race, how do you review it? Well, you know, I guess
2: the measurements for me were, you know, uh, from the customer lens. And we want, we're in the customer service business, whether it be retailing our cars across our 350 dealerships or, you know, We have 420,000 trucks on the road now and the customer experience there, or what we get from Penske Entertainment from a customer service standpoint, that's where this ties into. Did the customers have a better experience than last year Is a measurement? And by all means, I think they they did from what we saw from the on-track action, but also the off-track entertainment that we'll talk about in a minute. Um, the accessibility to getting in here easy from a parking standpoint, the amenities we had for them this time to use from concessions and all the things that Hive did in the in the active stages to having concerts throughout the course of the of the weekend, even during our races in the concourse, the new beer garden they developed. So I think the customer experience um, was number one in our mind that uh, was better than it was previously, and that's number one. But then I think if you look at what Hive's done, to raise the bar once again. I mean, how do you raise a bar last year when you have, you know, uh, Blake Shelton and Gwen Stefani last year and Tim McGraw and Florida Georgia Line? Well, they did that. And with Carrie Underwood and Kenny Chesney. And then we had Zach Brown Band. And, you know, and last night we kicked up, kicked the, topped it all off with Ed Sheeran. How do, you, how do you beat that next year? Right, but guess what? Ivy will beat it next year. You just watch them perform. So we're blessed that the IndyCar Series has been attracted from High V to us, from all they do from advertising and supporting this event here in Iowa, but also other events around across the circuit as well. Their stores look like an IndyCar merchandising area. There are 300 plus stores. So Bruce, I think the fact that we provided the customer an even better experience was my final measurement in terms of success, and I'm very happy for what the team did here.
0: There are so many people in the IndyCar community, and when I use that term, that includes fans, media, crew members, everybody else, that maybe thinks that the crowd is basically coming from Iowa. But I'll tell you, at my hotel, most of the license plates were from Nebraska, Minnesota, South Dakota. States that aren't necessarily, they're nearby states, but that's not exactly a close drive necessarily to get to Newton, Iowa. Um, Ontario, there was a license plate in the parking lot I saw from Mississippi. Talk to some loyal listeners of Pit Pass Indy presented by hy V that stopped me in the garage. They came up from Florida. So in a lot of ways, you've been able to create a crowd that has a national reach, or at least a, a tremendous reach in the greater Midwest. And I'm sure that was probably one of the goals that you had with hy V when you revived Iowa Speedway.
2: No doubt. When the, when the governor and, and Randy Edeker, chairman of hy V, and myself got together in the early days, um, the governor said, we don't wanna be a flyover state. We don't wanna be people flying over our state, looking down and and seeing what we have here. It's come here and see what we have to offer. And that was one of the key tenants of why we have this event here at the Iowa Speedway is to attract people from around the country to bring them here for yes, racing, but this amazing entertainment. To your, your point, I met a couple last night in my hotel down in downtown Des Moines at the Surety Hotel. They were from San Antonio, Texas. They saw my shirt on my heavy shirt on and say, hey, did you go to the event today? I said, yes. What's your role? I told them. I said, where are you from? San Antonio, Texas. I said, San Antonio? What brought you here? The entertainment brought us here. My wife's a big Kenny Chesney and even a bigger Ed Sheeran fan. And they came to explore this event in Newton, Iowa. So I asked them what they think. They said, it was unbelievable. I said, well, why was why it unbelievable? Because of those things I mentioned, accessibility. Easy in, easy out. The concerts were amazing. The racing was incredible. It, the racing lasted an hour and 35 and an hour and 40 minutes. They weren't here all day. They weren't here for three hours watching a race. And then those people bought the passes to go right down next to the stage. And they were three feet from the artist. You're not gonna get that at a Ford Field or any other concert like that, but you get it here at Iowa. And that drew them here. And they said, next year, we're going to be here with three more couples because we've told these people what we're going to do. So, so Bruce, the vision that Randy and, and the governor and myself have is that let's create this Sturgis of Iowa. Let's create this Lollapalooza of Iowa. Let's create an event that has 40,000 people a year, not 50, not 60, because if we have more than that, we're probably going to lose this customer touch. And 40,000 people every day on Saturday and every day on Sunday would be amazing. And we're almost there already. We're not there yet, but we'll get there. And You think about those events, Lollapalooza, Sturgis, I mentioned, they weren't, they weren't created in a year. They weren't created in two years. Sturgis has been there 60 years now. Give us a little bit of time. What's going to happen two or three years from now when their friends tell their friends of their friends of what an amazing weekend event this was? And yet have I used the word race. It's always been an event. And this has become that kind of event. So show me anywhere else in the country where you have those four artists, an amazing entertainment act as well, including racing or football or baseball or hockey. It doesn't exist. Even the Super Bowl doesn't have those kind of four artists together, do they, in one weekend? We had it here in Newton, Iowa. And for that, I'm grateful to hy
0: And for another part of what I call the IndyCar community, once again, those of us who are on the garage side of the Speedway, members of the media, team people, we have no idea what's going on over in the grandstand side behind the grandstands with a lot of the activities that were going on over there. I saw the video of Iowa basketball star Caitlin Clark's autograph line, and that was really a long line because just to prove how popular she is in the state of Iowa, if you could maybe describe what some of the events that were going on over there, even during the race.
2: During the race, as you mentioned, Caitlin Clark, I, I, I came up here in the morning and saw this amazing line stretching some 700 to 800 people long. And, and the, what is that? I thought it was to, to view the champions trophy from the Kansas City's Chiefs bus. No, it was Caitlin Clark, the University of Iowa basketball star, who set the world on fire last year in the final, the final uh, of the uh, women's competition in basketball. That that Ivy brought to us during the race. I was behind the grandstands and saw a bagging competition with people lined up about hundred people around people bagging groceries and who got the best time and they got a nice gift certificate to walk away. During the race, we had a concert stage in the concert area with artists from around Iowa and neighboring states performing all race long. And then by the way, we had about 20 food trucks out there of various degrees. We had a Wahlburgers out there. One time they had 100 people in line waiting for a Wahlburger during the race. So we've created this act- these activities where, yeah, go watch the race for a few laps or maybe the start of the race if you get hot. We got a lot of other things going on for you as well. That's the beauty of this event. You don't have to sit in the sun for an hour and a half. Go out and see other things going on here, too. But we got you here. You're going to see an amazing event before the race concert, like you saw Zach Brown yesterday. He was amazing in the morning. You're going to see an incredible race. And guess guess what? An hour after the race ends, we brought Ed Sheeran on the stage for an hour and a half. Find me somewhere else that does that.
0: What was Ed Sheeran's reaction to this? Because he also started race two with the, by waving the green flag from the starter stand.
2: Ed was into it. Let me give an idea of what he meant. Ed's manager called hy and said, I have one request to meet somebody at the racetrack. I want to meet Roger Penske. <laughs> so Ed Sheeran wanted to meet Roger Penske before the race. And then Ed Sheeran wanted to throw the green flag. He didn't have to be convinced to throw the green flag. He wanted to throw the green flag. And sure enough, you saw him in the stand yesterday throwing the green flag to these cars and then going away a couple hours later and coming on to put a great performance. So he was all in. They were all in. And the beauty of this speedway is that, guess what? Next to the speedway is a 5,000 foot runway that these artists fly in on, have the event, as well as these other people that fly in on their corporate jets. It's just an amazing facility here in Newton, Iowa, 40 miles outside of of Des Moines that provides you this incredible situation to have entertainment and have racing. So, hey, NASCAR built an amazing place years ago when Rusty Wallace helped them build it, and now we're helping keep it full and keep it exciting.
0: Another thing that I believe people lose sight of was the number of campers that were here because, once again, a lot of people look and try to judge. They think the only amount of people that are here are what they see on the overhead shots of the grandstands. And yes, there were some empty spots um, in the grandstands, but you look at that campground and it was packed. What would you say the camping facilities were up to in terms of capacity? And how would you gauge that?
2: Sold out. We sold out the camping. Um, Didn't have another site to sell. Um, First, The first sites to sell out are RV Hill, the luxury campers around the RV Hill area. And the next ones that sell out are the, the, the ones out in the campgrounds, and they were totally sold out. Um, but, but Hy-Vee steps takes another step. They had miniature convenience stores set up in the campgrounds, two of them, where you can walk in and get charcoal, you get beer, you get soda, you get lighter fluid, you get whatever you need. Um, hats, sunscreen, they, they bring that to the customer. Or if they don't find what you need, they'll order it online and have it here in a half hour from a local Hy-Vee store delivered to you. Delivered to your campsite for that matter, if you want. So they provide the amenities that the customer wants here to raise that customer experience. They don't miss a beat. I like to think that people call it Penske perfect. Hivey's making Penske better by the, having this event here.
0: What is capacity for the camping?
2: 200 campsites. And then we RV Hill on top of that as well, too. So all 200 campsites were sold out.
0: Another comment I heard from somebody who saw the race on TV said, why did they build the extra suites behind pit lane? Because there weren't people sitting out in those seats. And I said, did you see who was inside? There were a lot of people inside those suites. So if you could describe how that dynamic worked.
2: Yeah, you know, hy um, had 73 corporate customers last year at our first event. And they build suites for them all, right? They were in turn one and they were in turn four, as we all saw last year. They built 123 corporate suites this year. I think they had 120 suppliers that bought those suites this year. They went from 73 to to 120, an amazing increase in, in supplier participation and partner participation. And that's a key number because all of those companies, many of which probably had never been to a race before, I'm gonna guess perhaps, were now included in this event. They were at our event. Besides the consumers that bought a ticket, we now had all these corporate companies here as well too, which is why this airport was I think the busiest ever yesterday people flying in here for the event. So hy objective is to bring their partners in. They did that and they increased it from 73 to 120 this time. That's a major success story. And they created this entire chalet structure as you're talking about behind pit lane. So they're gonna to continue to evolve in terms of where those are and how they build them. Remember, those chalets they had in turn, four, in turn one were in Detroit last month. The structure behind pit lane would be moving to the Grand Prix in, uh, in Las Vegas next. So their infrastructure is amazing. By the way, this year they were all air conditioned as well, which is why you saw a lot of people inside because last year was quite hot. They weren't going to make the mistake again of having their customers in the heat. Amazing
0: from a business to business standpoint if you have 125 suites with suppliers and other people who are involved on the high V side if say 5% or maybe 10% if some of those people are sitting and say hey wow why don't we go ahead and take the next step and become an IndyCar sponsor. That has to also be something taken into effect that these suites can be fertile ground for the next sponsors that come into the series. Absolutely,
2: yeah, and uh, you know, it's no secret that when we bought the Indianapolis Motor Speedway um, in, the, in the Indianapolis Motor, you know, the IndyCar series, there's an additional 14 new sponsors that are part of this series and part of the IMS that we brought to the table. That's just osmosis, right? People being close to the sport that now want more to do with the sport. And your point's a, a, very, a very good one. So, I, I think that, as I mentioned, things take time to build. In Iowa, word of mouth is going to get out there, and it's going to be tremendous. It's going to happen. You tell somebody, who tells somebody else, tell somebody. Let me give an example. I had my team from Detroit here putting the event on, Detroit Grand Prix team, or just amazing as well as members of the IMS team were here as well, working with the Iowa team. I had my Detroit team go up into the stands both days and give people wristbands to go down in the infield. People were crying because we let them, give them a gift to go down in the infield. A mother and a daughter came down and the daughter was crying. I get to go down there and see the artist that close up. That person's gonna tell 50 people over the next year how well we took care of them. And maybe 20 of those people will come to our event next year. That's how you build these events. You build them one by one, year by year. And our goal is to make it better and better. We did it year two and watch us do it in year three.
0: From a revenue standpoint, you told us uh, before the event that in the first year, there were some tickets that were made available through Hy-Vee and through other sponsors where people could come to the race. This year, you pulled those back in, put them up for sale. So even though... If you looked at the grandstands last year that were probably fuller, but you had less seats last year than you did this year. How would you gauge the way ticket sales went from year one to year two? Yeah, despite
2: getting more uh, tickets in the inventory to sell, we sold more this year than last year. And by the way, if you know, we took our prices up considerable uh, from what they were in 2022. So um, prices went up. May have lost some of those loyal ticket, follow, you know, racing followers because of that fact that weren't maybe interested in the entertainment. And we'll get those back, and we we have a plan for that. But the key thing was our ticket sales were up this year year over year. And that's important. Um, and I mentioned we went from from high sponsorships from being you know seventy three to one hundred and twenty three. So, you know, we were well over the thirty thousand person number here each day. My goal, as I mentioned, is to get to that forty thousand number, hit it, and stay there because that. Ensures we have a great event here, but also the customer experience does not suffer.
0: And also, wasn't there a, a technical glitch at one point with the Ticketmaster site that er- in error put out a discount code for 50% off? <laughs> yeah. And how did all that happen and how did that get rectified?
2: Well, you know, we, Arapensky um, employees obviously are do a lot of great work for us. So we all went out and offered a, uh, a discount for our local Penske employees here, and it went broader than what it should have gotten out there for. So uh that was rectified. So but no, I think anybody that came here, you know, saw the the offering that we had. No one can discount the impact that Hybe has made in this community. No one can discount the presentation we provided people. It was beautiful here. Um the restrooms were clean, the places were just you know. It just everybody was polishing it every day. Hyvie had over 200 of their employees here every day working, taking care. Anybody in a red shirt was a Hyvie employee. They volunteered their efforts out of their stores, out of their corporate offices. And as I've said countless times, if it wasn't for this company, Hive, based in Des Moines, Iowa, who's got over 80,000 employees, we could never put this kind of event on. So I'm most grateful for Randy to Jeremy their entire senior leadership team. And the other thing that I'm grateful for is because of what they brought us together here in Iowa, they've now become great pers- personal friends. So um, they'll have a, they had a presence in Detroit this year. Detroit Grand Prix, Bruce. They don't even have a store in Detroit. That's the kind of partners these people are. So I'll give you one more story. Um, last year, Joseph got got hurt here, right? And I was in the hospital. And I went to the hospital that evening and Stayed there stayed there a number of hours. I stayed overnight. And at uh, about 9.30 at night, the place was cleared out. And I was there by myself in the auditorium waiting for an update on Joseph. Who walked in? Randy Edecker and his wife Dawn at 9.30 at night on a Sunday night to give me a hug. To give me a hug. That shows the kind of people these people are and the kind of giving that they are and the kind of community presence they have and the kind of integrity and care they have. They came to give me a hug at 9.30 at night. It wasn't even their driver. Wasn't even their driver, and that shows the kind of uh, of loyalty and and passion and, and and the kind of people we're dealing with here.
0: The other thing about Randy is, uh, for a guy who's so brilliant, uh, is the chairman of the board at High V, come up with tremendous innovative ideas. Anna Sturmer, the chief marketing officer, said he was identif- able to identify the buying habits of millennials before they even had the buying power way back when and that he just sees things in the future but as as, as I was leaving through the tunnel Saturday night, getting up there toward Rusty Wallace Drive to get on Iowa Speedway, I look over to the left, they're on a golf cart as Randy Edeker with his (laughs) grandsons. And I just sit there and look, you know, here's a guy, this is his event, and he's driving his grandsons around on the golf cart, checking things out. I just thought that was kind of a cool thing to see somebody of that stature that was, it's (laughs) as big an event to him too as a fan as it is for him from the corporate side.
2: Well, I, I look at he and I look at Roger, and their attention to detail, right? I look at he and look at Roger in terms of their vision. I look at he and look at Roger in terms of their mission, but also how they get there, right? It's through taking care of people and being loyal and being transparent. And and I think that's why we get along so well and the fact that our values at Penske align so values with the, the values of hy V and their organization. And that's why we become such great friends as well. I'm, I'm grateful and I'm blessed that Graham Rahal and Bobby Rahal have brought them to our sport. I'm grateful now that that's been able to transfer and prosper into a friendship I have with them and look forward to seeing them in the Nashville in a couple of weeks.
0: Speaking of Roger Penske, what was his reaction?
2: Well, he's, um, you know, he owns the racing series, obviously. So he was, he, he got here and was just amazed at how beautiful the place looked, right? Um, Would Roger Penske say that he's the biggest fan of Ed Sheeran or Kenny Chesney? I can't say that, (laughs) okay? However, um, of course, he's delighted that Joseph Newgarden won two races, right? Came back and um, you know rebounded from what happened last year when he got injured on Sunday. Of course, Will Power and Scotty McLaughlin also had top twos. So pretty happy from the performance of Team Penske, but most happy from what the series got out of this event and how it raised our series up once again in the eyes of the fan, but also the person watching the race with great racing, great coverage, competitive racing. Get this number. On Saturday, there were 1,502 passes. That's staggering in one race, 250 laps. 1,502 laps. So in some series, it's probably a decade. I will not name who that is. But 1,502 passes in one race, you're next on a swivel watching what goes on in this series. Most competitive racing series in the world. Some of the best drivers in the world who's got to peed on short ovals, big ovals, fast ovals with high banks, road courses, street courses. That's diversity. And that's adversity also that these drivers face.
0: We'll be right back to Pit Pass Indy after this short break. Welcome back to Pit Pass Indy, presented by Hy-V. Here's the rest of my exclusive interview with Penske Corp. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics, and in turn, make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Corporation President Bud Denker for Pit Pass Indy. Speaking of Team Penske, you and I have both been in racing for quite a while. We've seen drivers who are on a roll at particular tracks. We've seen drivers who have owned particular tracks. But Joseph Newgarden's mastery of Iowa Speedway is pretty impressive. How would you even begin to describe how good he is here?
2: Boy, that's a, that's a good question, Bruce. Um, mastery, I guess, is maybe a good word for it. And uh I think, I think even his peers or his competitors have got to just shake their head, right? This guy, I watch up there in the in the in the, in the spotters tower in the suites and watch his lines that he races and how he comes out of turn two, how he comes out of turn four, how he stays down on the on the on the, uh, on the uh, stripe at the lower level that no one else can do. He conserves his tires probably better than anybody else does, which is why you see him going you know good laps at lap thirty and lap forty. Um, but he really has a way about this racetrack. Had he not had he not been injured last year and had that part break in the car in that last race, how many would he have won here now? Seven or eight, I think it is. And then he's he's pretty darn good in the ovals. He's won the last five ovals in a row, stretching back to St. Louis of last year. So uh, and he's got one more coming up here. Um, but yeah, he's got a way about this track. Scotty McLaughlin, when he finished second to him on Saturday, said, I'm getting
0: closer and closer to you, but I'm not there yet. Well, he's also pretty good everywhere. His victory now puts him in a tie with Rick Mears. And when you're in a tie for career victories in IndyCar with Rick Mears, you're reaching some pretty legendary status. So how important is that to you? Yeah, that's that's
2: rare air, right? And um, Rick is so modest, I'll tell you, that his records are here to be broken at Team Penske in the IndyCar series. And uh, Joseph's got a long runway ahead of him. Um, Our drivers do. But, boy, the talent. This series, you go back again, look at the qualifying within a second, right? Of these 28, 28 drivers for this race. Most competitive series you'll have in the world. Um, other than Iowa, a race that anybody else could win, right? Some 20 plus drivers. We've seen it this year with probably seven or eight different drivers in many of our events. But well, we have five more to go. We have an amazing competition going on now. Pelow has got a you know, pretty big lead still. I think it's what, 90 points or 80-some points, 90 points. Um, Joseph cut into that by, you know, a few points this week, um, but it, I hope it goes down to the end to be a competitive racing series to Laguna Seca, and I'm sure it will, and hey, we're going to be back out of here in Nashville in two weeks.
0: 80 points is the deficit between Joseph Newgarden in second place and Alex Palou, the leader, and we have to give props to Alex Palou because he knew coming in that short ovals is not really his expertise, he, he wanted to get out of here with two eighth-place finishes. He finished on target with an eighth place on Saturday. Came back Sunday and finished on the podium with a third place. How amazing is he? Yeah. Can somebody make up eighty points over the next five races?
2: Yeah, it's going to be tough. I mean, he's had he's had one of those years. I mean, the guy was in uh, Toronto two weeks ago and had a, had a had a had a wing hanging off with a thread hanging onto it, right? It could have fallen off, right? But he made it and finished the race. He, he stayed off the curbs, and that's how he finished. And you saw him yesterday. I think he was a lap down in twelfth place at one time, right? And made that back up and cut through the traffic and finished in third place, came out of kind of nowhere the last couple of laps to, to do that. So, Hey, he's a great racer. He's had one of those years. Um, his peers will tell you he's had one of those years as well. Um, he's ultra competitive, great talent, uh, but many other people are great talents in this sport as well too. And we have a lot of young rising stars that we're proud of that have come up through the other series, whether it be here or or overseas. And um, we're rich with, with really good talent. And we've got years ahead of us of these people being to prosper and Alex is one of those people.
0: Back to Joseph Newgarden. I know one of the big uh, supporters of Iowa Speedway is the mayor of Newton, Iowa. Have you talked him into maybe renaming the town for one weekend out of the year Newgarden, Iowa versus Newton,
2: Iowa, Newgarden, Iowa? Well, the mayor had an idea. Maybe we name the race next year the uh, Joseph Newgarden Invitational. So uh, that perhaps, perhaps could be something that we consider as well, too. But, you know, Mayor Hanson, by the way, is the mayor here in Newton. You know, one of hy objectives bringing this race was to help out small communities, and this is a small community. This has done that for them. Their, their restaurants, their stores, obviously the hotels they have here. It's a big, big weekend for this small community. And, um, hey, IndyCar and hy put the Iowa Speedway back on the map this weekend. We plan to put it back on the map for many, many years to come with Hy-Vee's support. So um, we're here, we're here. We, you know, we didn't have six or 7,000 people as we might've drawn with just a race. Instead we had 30 th- plus thousand people a day because of what hy V provided to us in both in entertainment and racing.
0: You promote a race in one of the largest cities in the United States with Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix. You also promote a race in the smallest city on the NTT IndyCar Series schedule in Newton, Iowa. Sometimes is it best to be the big fish in a small pond?
2: Yeah, it it could be as well. Um, However, um, I'll tell you that the reason why our event in Detroit went off so well this year and the reason why it went off so well here in Iowa is because Michael Montry and his team from Detroit, Anna Friskrund, who's general manager of this racetrack now for us, for our event. And the folks from IMS put this thing on. This was not hundreds of people that did this. this is about 20 people that came together, along with hy V's volunteers of 200 plus to make this happen. Michael and Courtney and all of my team in Detroit, their reward was after doing a great job in Detroit, guess what? Now you got to pick up and move to Iowa for a month or so. And uh, they do it with a smile. They do it because they love it. They do it because it's a passion for them. And these are young people in, in most cases that are under 30 years of age that just have a passion for putting on an event for people to give them great pleasure. And uh, I can't be happier or more proud of my team in Detroit. Can't be more thankful for Doug Bowles to let us borrow some people from IMS um, to put on the event. And now they gotta go back and get ready for the Brickyard event here in a few weeks.
0: The goal of course was to make this a fan event to give the fans a weekend to remember an entertainment extravaganza in many ways but do you also feel that at the moment it has become a corporate event because of all the corporate involvement that you've been able to attract through V. Yeah,
2: I think it's I think it's equal there uh, Bruce. We need the we need the corporate support to help V put the event on, right? Um, as I do in Detroit too. You know, in Detroit is no secret our our, our, our event in Detroit, some 70% of our revenue is corporate. 70%. The rest of it is the fans that come, right? I, we need the corporate support to have these events happen. And, they, and the corporate support brings a lot of people, obviously, with their, their companies as well. So I would say it's an, it's an equal balance between what Hive's done to bring those 120 customers or suppliers and, and, and companies here, but also what they're doing with the entertainment and we're doing to help bring those fans here as well. So it's an equal, I think it's an equal 50 50 proposition. When you have that together, we'll get to those 40,000 fans. That's my goal per day here in a couple of years.
0: It's a tremendous investment to put this event on, but with all of the corporate support you were able to generate over year one, how much has that improved the bottom line for this event? Well, you know, hy contributes a tremendous
2: amount to the infrastructure, to the entertainment, right, to do it. So that's the important part for them. Um, for us, because we sold more tickets, obviously, we, we've got more revenue. And um, that's a good thing as well, too, right? But the concessions... I'll tell you, Hy-Vee even took over the concessions this year. They were all done by their employees, okay? Not by a third party like a Levy. They were done by hy They did all the catering this year, not a third party outfit. hy did that because they're experts in that. So they brought the effort, they brought the commitment, they brought the support, and they brought the resources to be able to do that. So um, they're accountable for a lot of those things from infrastructure and entertainment. We're accountable for obviously putting on a great event operationally, security, safety, parking, all those things, obviously, and ensuring we have a safe event here. So, hey, when you sell more tickets, there's more revenue. And hy V obviously brings more suppliers in. There's more revenue for them as well.
0: hy V slogan is hy V, where there's a helpful smile on every aisle. But it really seems like every time I saw one of the hy V people, whether it be senior management or store volunteers... They all had a smile on their face. They were very helpful. And you could just tell that they really loved in being engaged in this event. How important is that? We've had sponsors in the past, but not necessarily as happy and as, as friendly to be part of it as we see with the high V people.
2: Yeah, how, how about this example? When I When I showed up here on Wednesday or Thursday... All these red shirts were out there with power washers. power washing the asphalt. <laughs> okay, these are IveV employees, power washing the facility that NASCAR owns, right? I brought our painters in from IMS and our people were, you know have been cleaning this place up also in the grounds and all. The hives here, cleaning the carpeting in the suites, not even their suites, but their supplier suites, okay, even, even the Team Penske suites. they're cleaning the windows. They're polishing off the glass. They're polishing off the counters. These are hy people that are from their stores that have a full-time job somewhere else or at the corporate office that are here. Many of them says it's like a sabbatical for them. They find great pleasure in coming out here and seeing it, but you're right. The consistency of their service, the consistency of their smiles, the consistency of their support is amazing. And I've been to the hy store here in Newton several times to get my coffee in the morning. And it's so great to see these people that are so supportive of our event. It's so great to see what Syvee's done to support the series. But it's also great to see all those smiles that you talked about that's consistent in their stores. Indianapolis is lucky because they're getting some high B stores next year, as, is, as are Nashville and many markets beyond their eight state territory right now. So, um, hey, we've got great leadership, we've got a great model, and we have a great partner.
0: When this partnership was announced in August of 2021, I asked Roger Penske whether it was going to be NASCAR in charge or whether it was going to be Penske Entertainment. And he says, for the actual property, he says, as long as we have the lease, we're the ones that are able to make the decision. So how do you explain how the whole situation works?
2: yeah so we lease the the property um from from nascar because nascar owns the iowa speedway right so we um they we provide a a rental fee that they give us every year but tyler clement and his team here and, and pat warren from the kansas track also they come up here and they support us as well too so tyler's got his team tyler's got his brother who focuses on fire and safety that's located here locally Tyler's the expert around the area to help us get the volunteers we need for parking and, and, and the police protection, those kind of things. So it's, it's a joint effort, I would say, from what NASCAR provides us. Operationally, at the racetrack to put the event on, it's our, it's our teams from, from Detroit and from IMS. But you couldn't do it without those people we talked about from hy V's volunteers, too.
0: But I'm sure NASCAR has to be ecstatic over the improvements that have been made to this facility that have been done by Penske Corporation and hy V. I would
2: hope so. We, we painted all the suites last year. We painted the outside of the suites last year. We painted the uh, the railings this year. We painted the uh, the starter stand this past year as well too. So we've been doing a lot of sprucing up on a property that we don't own. So I uh, I hope 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 NASCAR's happy with the person here. That's. Uh, that's leasing their space.
0: <laughs> Are you able to give us attendance figures or a guesstimate or, uh, you know, what the weekend's crowds were like? You know, we
2: did. we did just about 80,000 last year, and we'll exceed that this year. I don't have the walk-ups for, for yesterday yet. Yeah, maybe I should have those numbers, but I don't have those. But we'll look see what we had last year based upon the fact we had more ticket sales than last year, but also we had more corporate sponsors than last year. So I'm that includes Friday as well. Remember, Friday's a free day. And um, so we'll, hey, that's a good number. And if I can get to that that, that forty thousand number, you know, on Saturday and Sunday in the future, without impacting our customer service, along with high V, I'll be just happy with that.
0: Because of the Olympics next year, it's going to create a large open gap in the schedule. Because NBC is the broadcast partner for IndyCar, and right. all, most of NBC's televising or television equipment, talent, production will all be at the Olympics. Have you been able to identify a weekend date for next year for the high V IndyCar race weekend at Iowa? Yeah, we have. And
2: uh, we know what that date is and we're not ready to announce that date yet, but we have because you're right. There's a three-week window in in, in July, the latter part of July, that NASCAR is not racing and we're not racing because both are being covered by NBC during that period of time. So USA is taken up, um, you know, Peacock's taken up for the most part and NBC, of course, with the Olympics. So... Yeah, we have a date that we've established for next year that Hyvie also knows about that we're planning around already. And I would say, you know, give us the next few weeks to begin announcing what we may, may announce some venues, specific ones ahead of time. And then maybe around the Laguna period, we'll see us announce our whole race schedule.
0: One of the popular things about IndyCar races at Iowa Speedway in the past was when they were night races. Obviously it's very important to High B and Penske Entertainment and to IndyCar to be on the big NBC, the the primary network. But has there been any discussion or thought into maybe turning it from a Saturday-Sunday day race where it can get hot in Iowa? However, it didn't get too hot this year. It was in the 80s instead of last year when it was over a hundred. But has there been any thought to a Friday night, Saturday night doubleheader?
2: Yeah, there has. And there's two things about it. Um, first of all, you have to get a TV window. They're not easy to get on, on evenings. Okay. Um, the second thing is, it's really not a night race. because It's going it to get darker at 9.30 at night. Okay. <laughs> Do you start a race at 9 o'clock? No, it's too late. That's 10 o'clock Eastern time. So you have to start the race at 7 o'clock. The race is going to end at 8.30 and it's still light outside. And it's still pretty warm outside. Yeah. So you really don't get the impact of the of the climate uh, weather decrease from a temperature standpoint. And you don't get the impact of the lights being on to be under the lights that you used to get when Xfinity raced here, you know, in the, in the fall or the springtime. So it's really a misnomer to race here at night because you're going to be racing well into 10, 30, 11 o'clock central time, which you don't want to do. So
0: I'm sure you and I both remember a couple of years ago when it was it was a Saturday night race and it rained. And I think we got out of here about (laughs) I think it ended like 10 minutes to three in the morning. That was obviously you don't want to go there. Right. Uh, And also. But the other thing you have to factor in is the concerts. Right. If you have a night race, you then want concerts going on till midnight. Even though there's some venues where concerts do go on till midnight, but I'm sure that's really not a situation that you want to get involved in with an event like that lasting that late, and then people having to return to their hotels in Des Moines or wherever.
2: Right. No, and that's a good consideration. We've looked at that, Bruce, to say do we, do we start our race later in the evening, so it's early in the afternoon, so it starts at say. Five o'clock or seven o'clock or six o'clock or so, and then you have a night concert after that, or a semi-night concert because once again it's still not getting dark here till nine plus. So those are all considerations. But what, what evolves around that, what drives the first thing is a TV window. You gotta get the TV window from the from the from the uh, the network, and we prefer to be on obviously an NBC network like we were this weekend. Two races, one one a two hour window, one a three hour window. That drives that consideration and timing. Um, some entertainers, they want to perform only at night. So they, they kind of rule themselves out performing under the lights. So um, so we have to work with that dynamic, or I should say High B does as well, too. So, hey, we were lucky this year in terms of the weather. It was great in the 80s, as you just said. We had a breeze out there blowing. I'm still warm, um, but it wasn't the degree of temperature we had last year at this time when we were you know in the high 90s.
0: 28-car starting lineup. That was a full-field back in the so-called glory days of carts. So from an IndyCar standpoint, you have to use that as a metric to show growth.
2: Yeah, strong field again. You know, with Ed Carpenter entering it this week, obviously we had a, we had a big field of 28 cars. You know, when you think about 28 cars on a seven eight mile racetrack, there's a lot going on. I think Joseph started lapping cars or Will started lapping cars by lap 14, right? It's a long line of cars. So um, you're right, we've got a we're, we got a terrific field. Even, even our Indy Next series now with 17, 18 cars out there racing on on Saturday evening was a great starting lineup too. Think about it, just three years ago, there were 11, 12 cars out there racing. Now you got 17 or 18 there. So we're in a very growth period right now. Our TV ratings are up, one of the only sporting events you can talk about now with TV ratings up year over year. Our viewership, our number of views right now on the – the, um, uh, what we, we broadcast out from the social media are up like 70%. We have more viewership already on what's been what's been pushed out on social media. Than we had all of last year. So we got great momentum in this series. The number of entries you just mentioned is strong at 27, 28 this weekend. So we got a lot of momentum. It's our job now in the IndyCar series to ensure we continue that momentum. You know, 100 Days to Indy was a great success. Over 3 million people watched that. Those episodes, we're going to be pushing it to the international audience here very shortly. Hopefully, millions more will watch it internationally. A lot going on, Bruce. We'll be announcing some exciting things about our schedule here in the next few weeks, and um, you know we're very bullish on where we're
0: going. I do want to sneak one more question in, though. You've run a very successful street race in IndyCar for years. NASCAR got into the street race business back in July on the streets of Chicago. Coming up here, we'll have the. IndyCar, NASCAR doubleheader at the Brickyard for the fourth time, can you see how soon it may be, or is it realistic to see a NASCAR, IndyCar doubleheader on a street race?
2: Not out of the question. I will tell you that, Bruce. You know, we, we've, um, you know, with with Steve Phelps at the helm now, and of course, Jim France and Steve O'Donnell and and Ben Kennedy. I would tell you, Ben Kennedy is uh, one of the visionaries in that in that organization now who's who's Obviously, had the the clash now. Obviously, it's the LA Coliseum, his baby, what happened in Chicago, you know, his vision as well. Too. Other ideas he's thinking about in the series as well. He actually came and visited us in, in Detroit before our event to see how we're doing things there, which was I, I really valued. So, it's a very collaborative discussion. I wouldn't rule anything out. You know, uh, they're great partners of ours. We know them well. We love the NASCAR people because we race in their series, and we've known Jim France and Lisa and the team there, Mike Helton, for a long, long time. We value our relationship. We're, 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 we're sharing best practices between what happened in Detroit and what happened in Chicago. I went and visited Chicago. I walked the racetrack with Steve O'Donnell and we talked about things. So um, I would never say never, nothing here in the imminent future to do that, but um, be pretty cool to see IndyCars going around this track in Chicago to witness sometime.
0: And wrapping up here with Penske Corporation President Bud Danker, as we look back at the High V IndyCar race weekend at Iowa, you mentioned about how sparkling, how beautiful, how freshly painted, how spectacular the facility looked. How do you get the other promoters on the schedule to make that the standard more than the exception? No, it's,
2: it's a good question, and we've got some really good promoters. Um, but the promote many of the promoters don't have the kind of support we have behind the scenes with our partner Hyvee. Not behind the scenes, in front of the scenes, and um, uh, we have that same kind of support in Detroit with uh, with General Motors, don't we? You know, uh, Chevys are obviously our, our our title sponsor, with Lear being our presenting sponsor, and those people make it possible to do what we did in Detroit and also do what we did here in Iowa. Not every promoter has that opportunity or that luxury to have those kind of that kind of support behind them. Um, we're looking to improve every one of our races, even the Indianapolis Motor Speedway here in, here in Iowa and Detroit as well too. And I expect our promoters to do the same thing on their behalf as well. This is a good benchmark though, isn't it? Okay. But once again, to have the kind of entertainment you had here, you can't expect a promoter to go out on their own. They've got to do it. And I just want to say finally that Randy and, 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 and Jeremy and Donna and Anna, Aaron, Matt, thank you for your support. I know they're gonna to listen to this, they, they always do. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your friendship. And um, we're here together to make this event even bigger and better next year. Watch out for us in this series, watch out for this in this event, two or three years from now, because it's gonna be talked about across the country, not just here in these heartland states.
0: I also want to thank them for their support because they're loyal supporters of Pit Pass Indy presented by hy V. It's been great to be involved with them. They're always very helpful and able to supply content and access to their top senior officials. He's always got big ideas, just like Hy-Vee's Randy Ediker, Penske Corporation President Bud Danker. Thank you for your generosity for so much time today to be able to talk to our loyal listeners at Pit Pass Indy presented by Hy-Vee, and good luck for the rest of the season.
2: Thank you, Bruce, and appreciate your coverage and what you do for our series, and we'll see you in Nashville.
0: And that puts a checkered flag on this edition of Pit Pass Indy presented by Hy-Vee. We want to thank our guests, hy V IndyCar Race Weekend at Iowa Speedway doubleheader winner Joseph Newgarden of Team Penske and Penske Corporation President Bud Dinker for joining us on today's podcast. Along with loyal listeners like you, our guests help make Big Pass Indy presented by hy v your path to victory lane for all things IndyCar. And because of our guests and listeners, Pit Pass Indy presented by Hy-Vee is proud to be the winner of the best podcast by the National Motorsports Press Association. And for all your shopping needs, be sure to visit your local Hy-Vee where there's a helpful smile in every aisle. For more IndyCar coverage, follow me at Twitter at BruceMartin, one word, uppercase B, uppercase M, underscore 500. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thanks to our production team, executive producers are Bridget Coyne and Gerardo Orlando. Recordings and edits were done by me, Bruce Martin, and final mixing was done by Dave Douglas. Learn more at evergreenpodcast.com. Until next time, be sure to keep it out of the wall.